Welcome to Canadian Equities, a short bi-weekly podcast series where we speak with top business leaders and hear their perspectives on the industries in which they operate. For the full-length version, find our link in the podcast notes or connect with us at acumencapital.com. I'm your host, Robert Cooper. Today, I'm pleased to have with me Kaling Group CEO, Kevin Ford. Kalian is one of the last conglomerates, a company with four separate business units tied together by the fact each unit is relied on by its customers to provide can't-fail services. Under Kevin's leadership, Kalian has been transformed from a quiet Ottawa company into a growth-oriented organization that's returned 17% annually over the past 10 years, double that of the TSX. Kevin Ford, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Robert. Thanks. It's great to be here and I appreciate your time today and looking forward to the discussion. Great. Well, let's get right into it. So you're at Callion. It's the last of the conglomerates. Conglomerates mostly went out of style in the 70s, but Callion's managed to stick with it and and sell a good story. And uh, the unifying theme, as we talked about earlier, is amongst the various business units is that they produce can't-fail mission-critical products. However, they do operate in separate markets that have different drivers. So how do you as a CEO stay on top of all of those trends and themes running throughout each business that may or may not you know, be similar and, and might be totally different from one another? Yeah, great question. You know, with the, you know, I love the diversity of the company because as we've seen even in, in a COVID world, you know, having diversity, I think, is, is going to be something a lot of I think CEOs and organizations are going to reassess, especially ones that got, that got kind of there, there, a lot of headwinds and being a, in a market either whether in what you do or, 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 or a geographic area where you operate. Um, you know, the diversity to me is going to be the new strength because of whether it's a pandemics, climate change, all the things we're talking about, I think the resilience of organizations is going to be the ability to do a few things um, that uh, and do them well, uh, both domestically and globally. But I would say for me, staying on top of the markets, I recognize that challenge. You know, as CEO of a company, I go from my healthcare business to my ground systems and antennas to my learning business and NATO to my IT and my cyber business. And what I wanted to do when I reorganized the company and create those segments that we go to market with now is put P&L leaders responsible for each of those segments that have the ability to focus on those market trends. And then recently, you would have seen I've hired a chief commercial officer in the company that's strengthening our marketing uh, skill set marketing competencies around things like market research. And uh, these are new investments for the company. And I think they're warranted and critical because to your point, Robert, what we, ought to, what we have to ensure is that we're not going blind into new territories and new geographies that we're doing this with focused research and the whole kit, but we need capacity to do that. So number one, organize the company, give the PL leaders the responsibility to grow grow within their segments, make sure they understand that segment, their leaders in that area, they have a team that's our leaders in that area reporting to them, and then supplement that with a corporate role called CCO that brings a lot of marketing capability skills in so we can do market research to, serve, to ensure we're staying on top of trends um, and, and, and reflecting that in everything we do in our strategies. So now that we're here, why don't you describe some of the main drivers of each of those business units? Absolutely. So right now, when you look at our advanced technologies business, we're a center of excellence globally. Where we started this journey is a center of excellence for global satellite communications, for ground-based. We don't build any of the flies in space. We build all the infrastructure. But as you look at that segment now, frankly, the legacy satellite networks are going through a major upgrade. More networks continue to be stood up as a competition for bandwidth with terrestrial-based network, whether it's 5G um, or, or, or fiber, frankly. So 
So definitely we see in those geo-meal orbits, those global Earth observation, we still see lots of activity and opportunity there. Clearly, the LEO constellations, the low-Earth observation constellations that are coming in to put more satellites around the world, lower to the Earth, more cl- closer to the Earth to, to deal with some of the bandwidth and the, uh, the, the, the issues sometimes we have with atmosphere, those are opportunities for us as well. So good opportunity in our legacy kind of architecture and a whole brand new opportunity with these LEO satellite capabilities that we believe we're well positioned for, for both domestic customers as well as global customers. So number one, for sure. The other pieces with our acquisitions, they've brought in more pieces there. Talisman, for example, our acquisition last December brought in antennas that allow us to, you know, versus large ground-based antennas, smaller antennas that go on items where precision location is required. So you think about drones, you think about autonomous vehicles or electric vehicles, you think about precision agriculture where location is going to be critical to ensure that you know that that device operates you know we now have a footprint there and we have discussions going on with customers we've never had before globally so that's very exciting finishing off advanced tech clear we have our ag tech business with intergrain we have our nuclear business there's a whole subset of capability there that we continue to see good opportunities our healthcare business right now really three forces driving our healthcare business number one is our legacy business with the federal government with national defense and correctional services and first uh, First Nations communities, you know, we're seeing still a lot of demand on our legacy contracts and they continue to grow. Uh, number two, as we diversify our base in Canada, we're seeing more customers come to us and then uh, to, to get healthcare services as our healthcare brand grows. And then number three, obviously in the short term, we've seen COVID, uh, COVID reaction with regard to either running testing sites or vaccination clinics. And we expect those three things are going to continue to grow. And with our acquisition of value, all phases, the last driver now working with pharma on patient support programs and clinical trials, both in Canada and also pilots now in Europe and U.S., we see four, you know, four fundamental drivers there for healthcare business moving forward. IT business, clearly our cyber acquisition with Dapasoft uh, and its subsidiary security cyber continues to grow as well as with Dapasoft, we have healthcare assets with regard to virtual care platforms and healthcare integration components that we can now bundle with our healthcare services and go to customers with a much broader healthcare solution. And finally, our learning business, our legacy business with defense, again, continues to be very strong. And we're taking all those lessons learned and diversifying in areas globally, such as Europe with a focus right now in areas such as NATO and other global defense forces. So customer diversification and learning, as well as looking at as a priority acquisitions to bring more learning uh, technologies in as we think about virtual learning, virtual platforms, virtual reality, gaming solutions. Uh, you know, that's definitely going to be a focus for our moving forward. So very exciting. All four segments of the opportunities to grow and all four have some, some, some great opportunities, both domestically and globally. Kevin Ford, CEO of Kalian. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. Robert, thank you for the questions. And again, I really appreciate the time today. Note that this podcast is not making an investment recommendation on any companies discussed. We welcome your comments on today's episode or any other episode. Connect with us at acumencapital.com.